created live on Fireside. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Drunks, uh, co-hosted by me, Coach Ray Z, and Ty. What's up? How you doing today? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Good, good. And uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. And um, uh, did you get a workout in today? I did. I did. I ran at 5.30ish, did a lot of errands with the wife, and... Um, it was a pretty interesting run, actually. I uh, we uh, spent the weekend in Long Beach, just kind of chill, you know, husband and wife thing, kids with my sister. So we spent a lot of time drinking tequila and beer, like literally all weekend. So it was kind of grueling, but uh, I handled it. Uh, not the best run, but uh, I ran. So yeah, <laughs> kind of like that. Well, that's good. I hope uh, you guys had a good time. And I think we just had National Tequila Day. So uh, what kind of tequila did you have with your wife? Actually, I uh, wanted to talk to you about that. It's really good tequila, uh, very well priced. I, I know you know The Rock, but have you heard of the Terramana? Oh, yes, I have. I actually have not had a chance to try it, but I have heard of that, The Rock's tequila. And I'm a, such a huge fan. I'm surprised I haven't had a shot yet. I'm surprised as well. I wanted to talk to you about that. Dude, Ray, it's seriously really good tequila. Like, I think Patron over <laughs> I think uh, it's just really smooth. It's a uh, great buzz. It's awesome. There's no, like, Diablo doesn't come out. A little Pepe Le Pew, but we won't talk about that. You know, uh, really good, really good stuff. We had a lot of Palomas. I had it straight. Uh, either way, it's good stuff. Highly recommended. It's like 30 bucks, so it's like no big deal. Doesn't break the wallet at all. And is your wife a fan of the tequila too, or no? She hates tequila by itself. Bad memories of when she was twenty, but she'll have a, a paloma or a margarita. Okay, well, that's good. And uh, you know, today we are continuing our beer tasting that we started last week. We had the Elysian Contact Haze, which was six percent, and then we just kind of decided to kind of keep it within the same type of beer and. So this week, we're going to be trying out the Elysian Super Fuzz, which is a blood orange pale ale, and it is a 6.4%. And um, I'm not sure. Uh, did you Have you tried this one before? I have not. This is my first time buying. I bought the variety pack, and it comes with the uh, Elysian Super Fuzz, the contact haze, which you tried yesterday, I mean, last, uh, our last uh, podcast. And then it comes with the the other one I wanted to try. What was it called? The uh, the space the space dust. Be about trying the space dust because I haven't tried that one as well. We may be able to sneak that one in too. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> According to the website, you can get a six pack, a half keg, or a full keg. And I actually had a hard time finding the six pack, but of course I wasn't like gonna look for it forever so i got the variety pack as well uh did you have any luck finding a six pack anywhere i found i saw that they had a six pack of the the other the stronger ipa it was the full contact i believe and they had a it was either a six pack or a four pack i just know i saw it by itself it might have even been bigger do they carry a 12 pack in that uh in the Not according to the website okay i saw something i was like oh, okay and then i also saw the super the the space, uh, the space dust it uh, in its own. I'm not sure if it was a six or a four. Okay, and so today uh, we're gonna be trying out the the super fuzz blood or orange. And um, we last week we kind of touched a little bit on 
bottle or can, which is better. And since we're drinking at home um, today, I, I think we could kind of maybe expand on that a little bit and go into a, do you drink it straight from the bottle or can, or do you use a mug? Yeah, that's right. Uh, it depends on the beer, you know, for, for me, like yesterday, for instance, uh, at the bar, they have the cool little bar in Ratsukungamunga we go to called September. Shout out to September's. And they uh, have the big traditional 30-ounce goblet or 32, whatever it is. It thinks lovely. It's impressive. And uh, the draft out of that, I was what is it? I was drinking the regular 805. And, uh, man, 805 tastes so much better on, on tab than it does in a can or a bottle. So, you know, I guess it depends on the beer, right? Oh, yes. Well, I don't know, you know. I I was kind of thinking about that. I keep my mugs in the freezer because I like that that cold taste uh, when you pour in the beer. But then at the same time, I only have two mugs, and after that, I can't keep repeating it. So um, I guess that is one advantage to going to a bar versus drinking it at home if you like the cold mug. Um, but let's go ahead and uh, you have a beer handy so we can try it out and give people the review and i also see john uh gonna request him to come up and he joined us last week and i know he's excited for the show and he has a six-pack so i'm sure he could uh, give us some more insight on if he had any luck finding the six-pack so i'm gonna go ahead and bring him up that's right what's up john hey what's going on my friends how y'all doing tonight good good john how about yourself I'm doing fantastic. I couldn't wait for you guys. So I'm already two in. But, All uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was uh, lucky enough to find the six pack at the uh, literally at the corner store right around from my house. Nice, same. Yeah, I, I, I found one in my corner store. They have a pretty good selection. And John, uh, how much uh, did the six pack uh, run you over We're there? About twelve ninety nine over here. Okay. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening in. Let's kind of give them a little update. Uh, this show is our second episode. It's uh, co-hosted by me, Coach Ray Z, and my friend Ty. We've known each other forever, and we love to work out and run, and uh, we like to earn our beer. We're also beer enthusiasts, uh, not experts. And so we just kind of started this beer review show. And uh, this week, we're trying the Elysian Super Fuzz, which is the blood orange pale ale. And it is a uh, 6.4% alcohol. And each week we'll be trying out different beers. We'll let you know what beers we're going to be bringing on so that you could review it with us and let, let us know what you think. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, get my mug ready. And uh, since, John, you've already tried it, what do you think? Well, Ray, as I've told you the last time that we spoke, I'm a I'm an absolute sucker for the uh, the blood orange ales if it's done right, and uh, I do find the super fuzz to be pretty well balanced. Like they didn't go too sweet with it, and uh, I've always found that Elysian's IPA blends are usually pretty mellow. Like they're they're not too hoppy, they're not too intense. So personally, I find this to be uh, just incredibly drinkable. And Speaking of earning your beer, I went on a five-mile bike ride not too long ago, so uh, that first one tasted really, really good coming right out of the fridge, you know. I, I was just about to mention that. I know, John, you don't really run, but you do cycle, so that's great. I'm glad you earned your beer. And uh, me, myself, I'm running uh, the Lake Tahoe Triple Marathon in October, so I'm basically going to run around the lake in three days. So I've been really training really hard for that. And uh, basically I, I run three days straight besides my working out. So 
Sunday, I did 11 miles, which is the last day, which is for me kind of the toughest. And so today I, I worked on mobility more than anything. And um, I'm part of a what's called the ATG family, which is um, coaches. And they had some gun expert on there who's a, like a federal agent. And uh, he was just talking about how you got to be able to, you know, get flexible and get on your knees and use be able to survive and and how basically their whole slogan is the more mobile you are the better chance you have of survival so mobility equals survivability and so that kind of uh i i i've been uh getting more flexible more uh more stronger so i i after hearing that i'm even more motivated because uh there's nothing like uh being able to feel uh strong and uh, not having a tight hips or lower back pain yeah, I, I will drink to that, sir. And so I'm cracking open my beer. And Ty, uh, have you taken a sip yet? I have not. I'm just waiting for my cue. Go ahead and get your beer ready. I wanted to share the in case anybody was interested. It seemed it's interesting. Before I tried it, I wanted to kind of read about it a little bit. But the style is, of course, the Blood Orange Pale Ale. And the tasting notes, it's a mind-bending whirl of the aromas and flavors of Blood Orange and Northwest Hops. Orange peel added to the whirlpool and blood orange in the fermenter. The malts are pale, munich, and dextra pills. Uh, the hops, bittered with German northern brewer and cascade hops and finished with citra and amarillo. And the body is medium. So I think that's what you're saying about John. It's very drinkable. I believe that's what they mean by the body being medium. Yeah, not. Yeah, that sounds good. And what is the uh, IBU? It's at 45. What is that exactly? Oh, uh, the uh, the bitter scale. So that's uh, as far as pale ales go. It's it's not quite as uh, as bitter. Oh, okay, good. That's good to know. Did you know the acronym for that? What the IB actually means? Uh, no, actually, I didn't. It's just from years of hanging around people who know way more than I do. <laughs> that's right. We can Google it later. All, All right. Well, here, when when drinking beer, there are many factors considered principal among them, among them being bitterness and the variety of flavors present in the beverage and their intensity, alcohol, content, and color. And the IBU guide is basically a breakdown of like how bitter and how potent does that flavor profile. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, you know, as, uh, we, as I mentioned in our first show here at Drunks, uh, episode two, we show, and we, uh, I'm sorry, we don't show, we, uh, we spare no expense. And so Joe Rogan has Jamie, and according to Google, which is our Jamie, <laughs> it, it stands for International Bitterness Units. Ah, makes sense. Which I never knew that. And, you know, as I mentioned, uh, I love beer, but I'm not that into beer, which that's a great little knowledge thing to know because I'm not that big into bitter beers myself. Yeah, finding that good, healthy balance between uh, between the bouquet that they're throwing in there, and then um, and then the right amount of bitterness, because a, a little bit is good. Like you don't, I, I don't want to drink a beer that's closer to a cider if I'm wanting to. Yeah, I got you. I actually just tried it right now, and it is a really good beer. Very drinkable. Uh, I like it. I, I, it's a very, it's a, it's a hint of the orange. I don't really taste it. It's, it's not dominant at all. And that's a good thing for me because I, I want to taste the beer, not, you know, fruit. Uh, it's pleasant. It's really good. It's a really good beer. I'd like to let me drink more. 
so Ty, I'm, I'm going to wonder, and Ray, like as you guys continue to drink it, this is just something that I've noticed is um, it's it's kind of like any other beer that has a, a complex flavor profile is the more you drink, it seems uh, the more those flavors tend to come out. So while my first one was really not that sweet, by the second one, I actually picked up way more of the blood orange. In- okay, I'll, I'll, I'm curious to see that. I'm doing something different this week with the beer. Before I, just like yourself, I had a couple, not a, not a, I had a couple of uh, my house beers. Today, this week, I decided just to drink this beer. I wanted to taste it, see how it tastes, comment on how it tastes, and then actually, you know, with 30, 20, 30 minutes down the line, uh, let you guys know actually the effect of it, how it makes me feel. Um, I have a pretty high tolerance, so I'll be, uh, be able to judge it very well uh, just having four of these beers. So I'll be curious to see what it does to me, how it makes me feel. <laughs> well, I just had my first sip, and uh, I've had this before, but it's been a it's been a while, and um, it's very drinkable. Uh, I think I I was the one that kind of pushed it last week. Hey, let's have it because I know it's a good beer. Um, I've I pretty much every uh, orange blood beer that uh, blood orange beer that I've had is pretty good tasting, and uh, this one is really good. Um, I wanted to ask John and Ty, um, did you drink it straight from the can or bottle that you bought it from, or did you get a mug? And me, myself, I got a mug straight out of the freezer. I just got it from the bottle, cracked the bottle open. I mean, excuse me, the can. And, uh, yeah, just straight out the can, like I do a normal beer. I, I have a mugs, but I rarely use them. I, I drink too fast, to be honest. doesn't really matter. Uh, really good. I like cans myself. Uh, I probably prefer them. Um, yeah, I would say I prefer cans over bottles just because, I don't know, I think feel it's a little bit more crisp, a little bit more refreshing in my opinion. And uh, yeah, it's a really good beer. I'm almost done with this first one already. And yeah, I'd buy it again. I think I, I don't want to say I like it better than the Contact Haze. But being my first beer, but I, I think I, I, you know, going into my second and third one, I think I'm going to enjoy this a lot more. And I, I, I did like the contact haze, but this is a, this is a great beer. I, I could, I'd love to order this on draft in a big, nice, frosty thirty-two. Yeah, and some places give you that orange peel. Uh, John, did you have it straight from the can or the mug? I'm with you, Ray. I uh, I keep my uh, line of frozen pint glasses in the uh, in the freezer, so like, <laughs> I'm 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 definitely a uh, mug or a pint glass guy. Okay, so how many do you keep in the freezer? Uh-huh. Uh, I I keep six. Wow. Yeah, okay. Well, twenty years in the food service industry, you end up collecting a lot of pint glasses over the years, you know. <laughs> All right, so I thought it'd be cool to see if we can get some uh, audience participation. Um, by emojis and let's see if you can do the clap emoji if you've ever had a blood orange beer all right so maybe they haven't had a blood orange beer so we haven't really finalized the rating system which is something we could uh work on but um i'm gonna give this one uh, just until we come up with a rating system a thumbs up I second that. This definitely gets a big, enthusiastic thumbs up. I give it three frosty mugs out of. Nice. I like that. I like that. I like that. 
<laughs> but then that goes into that debate. Uh, do you use a mug or not mug? So mug, mug, mug. I have several mugs, uh, no pints, I believe, because I think uh, I'm a uh, go big or go home kind of guy. So that's probably better for me. I can just fill up a couple of these uh, cans next time and uh, have my nice big frosty 32 ready to go. So I would definitely do that next time. Got to follow suit, right? <laughs> right. Ty, I'm going to be really interested to think about or uh, to hear what you think about the uh, space dust and whenever you make your. Yeah, I'm thinking about 850. I'll let you know today. <laughs> well, that is a great segue actually into my next question that, that I was thinking. And um, so we have a couple options here. We could next show go completely into a new beer and just leave the uh, Elysian beer. Uh, however, we've already done contact haze and, you know, this week we're doing super fuzz. So we do have the option to kind of try and finish off the series and, uh, then move on, or we could jump, jump to a new beer. Um, what do you think, Ty? I'm a uh, good question, Ray. I have a couple of leads. I won't talk about them cause I don't have the information right now on this one in particular, I will kind of give you a hint. I was talking to a coworker that uh, lives in Long Beach, uh, born and raised, and he was telling me about this beer from a new company that's going to come out in the next couple of weeks, a new brewery, a black-owned brewery, and the name escapes me at the moment, but I'll have more information later. I'm just kind of interested. Oh, black-owned brewery, you don't hear about that too often. One, and he says they have really good beers, and uh, they have a beer locator website. So I'm going to check it out and see if we can't find one uh, near us for maybe in, in a month. Because in the next couple of weeks, I wanted your opinion. As I was looking in, in my beer cave today at my local liquor store, I saw that Claremont has several beers from a couple of different breweries in the Claremont area. John, Claremont's like a couple of cities over over from us. It's actually, actually, Ray, you're closer to me, closer to Claremont than I am right now. But it's, it's pretty close to us. And I've never had a Claremont brew. So I was thinking maybe we should keep it California, keep it local, and, and try one of those in the next two weeks and try to get John some since we have two weeks to do it. Well, that, that actually, see, that could be interesting because I'm going to be, you guys are in California, right? Correct. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to be out there in California from uh, the 4th to the 9th, so um, I might be able to track some down and ship it back for myself. But uh, Ty, out of curiosity, what are some of the breweries that come from Claremont? Any that come to mind? Yeah, one of them, uh, is could the, there's like six of them that I saw. Two of them, uh, one of the, the beer I saw was uh, from the Claremont Brewery, it's called, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's called the Claremont Brewery. Um, let me see. So let me tell you about my experience there. There's a lot of good little breweries. Uh, I've had plenty of different Claremont beers. They have this um, grapefruit beer. I'm not a fan of the actual grapefruit, but the grapefruit beer is excellent. Uh, they even have like this peaches and pepper beer, which is good. Uh, and um, the Pomona, I think it's called Pomona Queen is good as well. Uh, these are all local for everyone listening. And these are local breweries in Southern California, uh, basically in like the greater Los Angeles area. Um, and then Hanger is not too far from here. That's another good uh, local kind of beer you see it in a lot of the bars over here yeah. uh, but there's so many bars or little breweries popping popping out and um yeah ty if you can get that a uh, black owned brewery that that that's definitely cool to try out because you actually since until you mentioned it i've never really even heard of that or it didn't even cross my mind but i'm sure that has to be out there 
Same. Okay, just for uh, FYI, it's called the Claremont Craft Ales. That's the company that I was that I was looking at, and it looks like they have some pretty good stuff. Let me see if I can get there. Have you been to that brewery itself, Ray? Uh, yes, and so uh, I go running, you know, a lot as well uh, for everyone listening in, and I run with different running groups uh, in California and Southern California. I would say maybe about fifteen years ago, twenty years ago. It could be longer, but running clubs kind of started popping up here and there. And pretty much they were in the Los Angeles, like downtown area. And now they've kind of spread out. So now in Claremont, which is kind of closer going towards like uh, Palm Springs, uh, if people know where that's at. Uh, not all the way over there, but on the way. Um, so there's a running group out there called Claremont Trotters. And uh, I hope to have the, the president out here. Uh, soon, Christina. And basically, uh, you know, we go from a bunch of breweries to breweries running. Uh, and it's a really f- fun activity for a bunch of people. And we've gone to all those breweries that you're looking at when you Google it. But I couldn't tell you any of the names or any of the beers I drank because when you're running and you drink a beer before you start and then you drink a beer when you get there and then you run to another bar and you drink a beer and it's like hot. And then you run to another bar and drink a beer. And by the time you get to the last bar and you drink another beer, you forget the names of the beers you actually tasted. Good times, but you forget the names. So I couldn't tell you <laughs> of the beers that I actually had uh, when I went there. Although there is one called Double D's. See, I'm going to look it up now and tell you specifically. I think there was one called like Dragon Spit or something cool like that. I was like, I have to go there. This is a cool name. Something like something cool like that. You'll you'll know when you see it. But as far as the the Claremont um, Brewing Company, uh, Claremont Craft Ale, excuse me, they have a cool, they have a interesting beer. There's one called the Parade. It's a West Coast IPA with Galaxy and Cashmere, six point two. That sounds interesting. Where is the one I saw? Yeah, I had the City of Trees. There's a double IPA with Yukonat and Maziac Hops. That's eight point eight. They have a Sweet Nothings, a Belgian Blonde with Lemon Verbena. That sounds pretty cool. Where was that one I saw? Yeah, the Triple IPA with Maziac as a 10.2 alcohol beverage volume. Um, I'm not familiar with Maziac, John. Can you maybe expand on what that is or what taste that brings out? Am I saying it wrong? Mosaic? Maziac? Mosaic. Mosaic. That sounds right. I'm I'm sorry. I missed the uh, the words leading up to that. Ty, I broke out uh, for just a, a second there. With, what was that? There was a couple with mosaic. Uh, the first one was City of Trees. That was a, di- a, a double IPA with Yukonat and Mosaic hops. And the second one with mosaic is a triple IPA with mosaic. Oh, okay. And that's 10.2. Yeah, it's just a, it's a different kind of hops. Uh, that's actually one that I personally have not messed around with in my home brewing, so I can't really. Uh, tell you too much about what that one in particular does but i will definitely do some research on it um i will say if uh if you guys end up pinning down the next beer that you want to uh the next beer that you want to review on here uh if you can nail it down while i'm still in california then um i just check the laws i should be able to bring a six-pack with me in my suitcase so just so long as i'm not drinking it on the plane very nice. You could drink before you get on the plane and then have your six-pack ready to go. Boom. So I had to Google, and uh, I mean, I had to use uh, Jamie. And Jamie told me that uh, Peppers and Peaches, which is also by the Claremont a Brewery Company, it's 6.7, and it's an IPA 
peaches and pink pepper peppercorns, which I'm not even sure what that is. Huh. And the other one that I've had that I have a lot actually, and I didn't even know it was an 8.8. It's the grapefruit IPA and it's a double IPA with grapefruit and it's really good. I've had it uh, in the can and it's usually, I think a 16, 16 ounces, a pint that they sell. Um, and recently there is a, a bar that I found that has it on tap. And so I've had it on tap and it is actually somewhere in Claremont, which is a very refreshing. And if they want to go ahead and sponsor, I'll be more than happy to drop their name in the future. I see, uh -huh. I see what you did there. You know, I've, uh, I've really come to appreciate the, uh, the grapefruit IPAs that have been rolling out in the last few years. When it first came out, you know, I, I, I always kind of looked at it as kind of like, you know, another beer fad, here we go. But eventually I ended up, ended up coming across some that just knocked it out of the park. And if that balance is right, like I often find those IPAs to be less bitter from the hops and the bitterness actually ends up coming from the pith of the grapefruit that they throw into the brew. And uh, it's a little, little less of an intense bitterness and I think a little bit more well-balanced. But Ray, I'm, I'm, my head is reeling over this peaches and peppercorn thing. Can you tell me about <laughs> this? Have you, have you Yes, I have had it. Um, there's a good restaurants out here and well you got to go to in the claremont area laverne um even the downtown pomona area some of the areas in pomona i gotta be honest they could be sketchy i mean it could be seven in the morning and you see hookers just i'm sorry self-employed models it's 2021 let me be politically correct um just out of you know when you're putting gas so um there you got to go to the downtown area and they got some nice restaurants and you can find these Claremont ales, but if not, you can go directly to it and, and get it. And um, as I mentioned, a couple bars that I went to have now it on tap. So uh, it's becoming more available. And that one I've, I've only seen it actually in a couple places. So it's not that available everywhere, but uh, as far as flavor, it's, it's not strong, like a bitter uh, at all. And, you know, for being a 6.7, I would have thought it would have been way less alcohol because it tastes, it tastes refreshing, kind of like the, the orange, the blood orange here. It's very refreshing. You don't get the hint of the peppercorn? That you know, was going to be my next question. Yeah, does a peppercorn... It, ha it does have a little... A little hint of it you know so it it's a very good beer it's a very good beer and uh we could do that one next anyways if, if you like that that one seems to have a uh, people's interest I, I i think it's good and it says 6.7 and if uh we do hop to different beers then uh since you got the variety pack uh ty we we could actually open up a different beer and kind of give it the review yeah since if we're gonna leave a legion we might as well uh, give them their just due and try that. Uh, this one you guys were, talk were talking about a couple weeks ago, and I'm curious about it. Um, yeah, let me uh, let me speed up this four beers I have. Then let me go ahead and finish my third and fourth, and then we'll, I want to give them the four their proper uh, respect, and then we can do that. Uh, sorry, I'm looking. I'm here up here. I'm looking. I found out the name of the black-owned brewery. It's called Crowns and Hops, and that's out of Inglewood, not South Central. Oh wow! Okay. 
So I will, will we will, I'll see how obtainable I, these beers will be in the future, and uh, we'll we'll talk about that later. John, did you you mentioned you're going to be in California, but you said you're going up north, correct? Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, chances are, I mean, if it's a California brewery, you'll probably be able to find it in numerous places, and I'm going to be doing quite a stretch from um, you know Bay Area all the way up to wine country. So um, yeah, I'll keep my eyes peeled for whatever you guys. are. And if, yeah. if I can't find one, then I'll find a, a good East Coast counterpart to con- contrast and compare. No, I don't think we have to do that. We can ship them over to you. Yeah. I think I think that'll be uh, fascinating as the show grows uh, to see what's available, um, you know, as far as local breweries and how far they, they reach nationwide. Oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. I think that would be a blast to dive into. Uh, now, Ty, I certainly appreciate that, but I did just look into the uh, the rules, and I you can't really ship beer. Oh, really? Yeah, as soon as this conversation started, as a matter of fact, I, I took a look into it, and uh, USPS, FedEx, all UPS, none of them will, will do it. I mean, if you want to risk it and try to get away, get away with it, I mean, worst thing they can do is toss it out or send it back to you, but... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, since I'm coming out to California, if you guys try to nail down a brewery or two or there that you want to touch uh, touch on, then I can see if I can. Sure, that's not a problem. There's just so many breweries out here. Uh, just so, yeah, <laughs> I'm just not sure how how obtainable they would be. But how how do the 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 beer guys like craft beer guys do their their trading? It's through like a a, a middleman, and 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 why can't couldn't we do it that way? You know, I mean, uh, beyond professional distributorship, I would probably have to do some homework on that to, to answer. Honestly, I'm not. A- okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll look into it. Not a problem. But I'm telling you, like, Ray, this whole peaches and peppercorn thing, I can't get out of my head. I got to track <laughs> this stuff down. Oh, no, that's a, yeah, yes, uh, that's a very good beer. I think we should, we should select that one. And I'm pretty sure that there are laws and regulations as far as shipping beer and, and uh, all that, although I could be wrong, and you know, as I mentioned, uh, I'm not. Well, I'm going to Google it before I mention it. But I, I believe one of the former presidents and their family made their money off, uh, like, uh, shipping alcohol, basically, underground. Oh yeah, that's John F. Kennedy for sure. Okay. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to black out my headlights and invest in some night vision goggles and I'll start doing the whole midnight run over to California and start running beer back and forth between the coasts. <laughs> yeah. well, I think we should keep this in the green room, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So are, are we going to select, select the pepper and peaches beer, which is an IPA and it's peep, ah, it's peaches and pink pepper corns and it's a 6.7 alcohol it is a by a brewery called claremont uh claremont craft ales Mm -hmm. and they are located in the city of claremont in california i might as well just give them pitch since we're talking about them um but yes if we select that beer it's local to both of us and uh since john's coming out to california he can grab that as well and they actually have quite a few here they have a i'm on their website they have one called the norm which is a cream ale and it's 4.6 then they have the pineapple guava which is a goose and it's 5.5 they have a robbie and that is a oak fort red ale 
and that is a 6.5. Uh, they have that grapefruit IPA, which is a double IPA, as I mentioned, and that one I've had, and that one's an 8.8. .8. The Indian Hill, I'm not sure if I've had that one. Oh, probably not because it's only a 4.8, but it says it's a small IPA. They also have well, one that's called the Raspberry Goose, and that one is a 5.5. I'm going to kind of, they have quite a few, so I'm going to go through it a little bit quicker. They have one called Happy Days, and that one is a 9.5. So that is an Imperial Red Ale. Um, hmm, we actually have not really touched on red ales or any red beers. I'm not a huge fan of the red beers. Uh, how about you, Ty? I am not a fan of the red beers in particular. We did talk about red beers a couple weeks ago. Was that in the green room? I'm not sure, John, but uh, we talked about the Killian's Red, correct? Yeah, that's that's actually my family. So I uh, I, I come from George Killian, and um, I I understand your disdain for for red ales. I'm just I'm not fond of them either. And uh, my testament to that is if if I were to make a small batch of the original Killian's Red recipe, it would knock your socks off. But don't buy that stuff in the bottle. Absolutely. Sounds like we need to try yours. So we talked about it already. So you do it a few times a year, you said, right? Yeah, yeah, usually. Yeah, let us know. Let us know, please. So for anyone uh, just hopping into the audience, we are reviewing a beer today. Uh, my it's my name is Coach Ray Z with uh, my other co-host, Ty. So we're both the hosts, I guess. We're not really both co-hosts, but we're co-hosts, if you understand what I'm saying. And today we are reviewing a beer called Super Fuzz Blood Orange Pale Ale by a brewery called Elysian. And um, this is our second show, so welcome everybody. If anyone has ever drank uh, orange blood orange beer, uh, you can give a clap if you like those type of beers or if you'd like to come up here and let us know your experience of what you think of it did you like it did you not like it is this a type of beer that you would drink uh me and ty bought a variety pack so we're actually going to be trying a different beer from this one uh this is his first time trying it and john loves it um pretty much every blood orange pale ale i've had is a uh, very tasty and so uh, anyone in the audience is more than welcome to come on up and let us know what they think. If not, from the variety pack, Ty, which one uh, Which one are you eyeballing next? Well, since we tried the Contact Haze a few weeks ago, I'm eyeballing that uh, Space Dust. Uh, you guys talked about it. Uh, you guys uh, held it in high regard, and I'm ready. I'm on my third uh, Super Fuzz, by the way, and I, it's a nice little fuzzy buzz. And this is my third beer. You know, You know how I drink, Ray, so... That's pretty impressive. It's uh, for, what is it, 6.4? Not bad at all. Really good taste, really good flavor. Nice head change. Um, I'm a fan. And also, uh, for everyone just who hopped in, we want to make sure that we're just not uh, basically just promoting drunkenness, even though our show is called Drunks. If you notice, run is highlighted, so you have to earn your beer. You go, you work out, um, whatever it is you do, you run. Me and Ty are both runners. And then uh, John, he likes to cycle, and uh, there's nothing like you know going out with your your um, people you train with after uh, whatever it is you do, play basketball, do jujitsu, boxing, go run, and you go have a beer and just kind of catch up and chit chat with life. Uh, me and Ty have been friends since uh, I don't know, maybe third grade, and you know we don't really have as much time to hang out, 
So this great, this show right here is a great way for us to kind of catch up. Uh, he works like 90 plus hours. He's a family man. And so everyone deserves a beer. Um, everyone should have a balanced life. A lot of people always feel guilty for just having a beer, but there's nothing wrong with that as long as you just don't become an alcoholic and you shouldn't be drinking by yourself at home every single night. That is not a, a good path. And so we're just kind of encouraging um, balanced drinking and you got to earn your beer. Yes, I, I agree with a lot of that. I do. But if you, say, do your five-mile uh, bike ride every day or your six-mile run or eight-mile run. Did you do 11 miles today, Ray? Did I see that on Instagram? No, that was uh, yesterday. That was yesterday? Yeah, you do that and you do that every day and you're by yourself, I think you should be able to have a drink by yourself every day. <laughs> but that's just me. Oh, I agree. I agree. But now then you're if you're doing that every day, then it's kind of more like, are you trying to hit peak performance? Because you're not going to be trained. It's either you really love to tr train. You're kind of like a, um, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but like crazy, like Goggins, who's just like working out every day, nonstop. You wake up, you, I mean, I've been following that guy since before he got famous. And, you know, he, he as far as the military, one of the commercials he has for the Navy, he runs to work at five in the morning. And he runs like 15 miles. And then after the 15 miles during his lunch, he runs again. And then he runs home. And then he's like, and then if I'm not too tired, then I'll work out again. And so if you're doing all that, you're probably not drinking every day either, though. Although I feel that, yes, it's well-deserved. And uh, let's see here. Phil uh, just mentioned that only three-mile run this morning, but I'm uh, also – a also with uh, colleagues and so not drinking myself, whiskey, uh, not beer though. So I, I do uh, enjoy alcohol. Um, overall, probably my least favorite is vodka because when I drink vodka, Frank the Tank comes out and I just, don't, <laughs> I just don't remember what happened. So I stay away from vodka. Uh, that's interesting because vodka is that one, that subtle one that even, you know, uh, petite women drink, you know, regularly and kind of, you know, and can hang with. Usually, usually Frank the Tank comes out with tequila or whiskey. So that's interesting. Just that everybody's different, right? Everybody's chemistry is different. Oh, yeah. For me, uh, you know, maybe it's the Mexican-American in me that, the, the, you know, since all the plants grown in Mexico, uh, tequila, that's probably my preferred Although uh, recently, I've tried some of those infused, uh, I don't know what, they, they have like steam coming out of them, whiskeys, and the more you kind of let it marinate and melt, the flavors keep coming out. Kind of like this orange beer, you can kind of taste that orange the more you kind of let it like simmer. Yeah, so is that is that starting to show up in the palate a little bit more for you guys since you've been drinking it for a little bit now? It, it definitely does. I'm, I'm definitely tasting... Um, the flavor of it more before it was just a good drinkable beer, but now I'm starting to taste the, uh, the craftsmanship of it all. It's, yeah, a it's, really, really it's still good. not overly sweet, but the, the orange flavors definitely do show up the more you're. Yeah. It's a nice beer. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I would get this. I wish they had it in a 12 pack. I'd get it by itself. Well, actually I don't know that yet. I haven't tried the space dust yet. Should we uh, move on to that? 
You know, I've had it before, but yes, I, I'm definitely interested because I know you have it and you're eager to try it. And I, I'm I'm more than happy to taste it with you as well and give you a virtual toast. And uh, Phil said he's uh, having some Buffalo Trace tonight. So cheers. Cheers to, to Phil. Cheers to Phil. You know what? I've heard of Buffalo Trace, Phil. That's, um, I believe that's the one uh, Joe Rogan had it on uh, the guy he – the guy he had, the guy that made it on his podcast, I believe that's the oldest whiskey in America that like predates uh, Jack Daniels. I believe that's the one, and I heard it's really good. Am I right with that? It is not bad. Like um, I am, I am a diehard bourbon and whiskey fan. I really am. It's probably the Irishman in me, but um, I uh, Buffalo Trace is good, uh, upper mid level bourbon. I would say. But uh, I'm also, while I might not necessarily be a beer snob, I am most definitely a bourbon snob. So. <laughs> okay, so do you know if that's the first, if, if that's what I'm thinking of, is that the first whiskey uh, company in, in America? I know it is one of the oldest, but I'm going to have to do some research to make sure that it's actually the oldest, because I think that might be debatable. Okay, it could be, but it has to be, it's one of them. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. They've been around for a while. Gonna, it's, it's weird uh, to see them pop up the way that they are right now because they um, they were kind of like on the back burner for quite a while. You just never really heard anything about Buffalo Trace. And the last seven years or so, they've been making a hell I, I You probably hate me, hate me for saying this, but it's probably Joe Rogan. <laughs> he talks about it quite a lot, and he has, you know, he has millions of followers. And- who? Yeah, and just Joe Rogan. No, I'm, I'm joking. Just who? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, Jamie, you have all the jokes now, huh? Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> okay, I'm ready for – okay, uh, John, you said this uh, Space Dust is a beer that is one of your house beers, yes, correct? Yes, and I love yeah. that you're bringing that up because I also have that in my fridge right now. So I'm going to go grab one of those and join you. Let's, let's do it. Ray, you have one as well. You might as well. I will. Uh, while you guys are doing that, I'm going to just let the audience know a little bit about this beer. Cool. So I could be wrong, but I – I'll double check. This is probably their strongest beer that they have. It's a uh, 8.2. Oh, wow. And uh, tonight we found out that IBU is like a basically bitterness units. And so this one's on 73. So it's pretty bitter. Uh, wow. It's an Indian pale ale. It's a space dust balanced bitterness with a sweet, a sweetness of hot flavors, grapefruit, mango, and orange. Aromas with a medium body and a dry finish. Uh, and I'm getting all this information from their website. According to the website, the body's medium. And uh, it is available in 22 ounces, 6-pack bottles, 12-pack bottles, 6-pack cans, 12-pack cans, 19.2-ounce cans, a keg or half a keg and then a full keg. And this one is pretty available. Uh, I can go to any liquor store, even 7-Eleven, at least over here in Southern California, and you see it. It's uh, pretty strong, and it's for how strong it is and the quality, uh, they they sell it pretty cheap, actually. If you even go into 7-Eleven, it's like three twenty nine. Yeah, I know this this 12-pack, variety pack, was, I believe, 20 bucks out the door or something like that. Yeah, not bad at okay, all. Okay, so where, where did uh, you... Where did you buy buy the variety pack? I bought it at a local liquor store, so that's a markup. So I'm sure Walmart would have it for what four bucks cheaper, five bucks oh. cheaper. 
So I actually bought it at Walmart and it was nineteen ninety five as well. Oh really? So oh it's comparable. Okay. That that's a good price then for a variety pack. Cause usually a six pack would be like at a liquor store fifteen dollars roughly, sixteen. Okay, I tried my first drink of this uh, space dust. Let me try another one. You're, have- you're, you're probably going to need a minute for your palate to adjust after that uh, super fuzz, to be honest. Yeah, I, because I, I, I just taste the, I, they they taste similar to me right now. Wow, that's interesting. I, I can uh, clearly taste the differences as far as uh, bitterness, you know, between the orange and the space dust IPA. Yeah, the orange is out of the equation. Definitely, <laughs> definitely more hoppy. The space this is drinkable, right? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a little more hoppy, but uh, just like the other one, like if you you give it like halfway down that first beer, and your your palate will adjust, and you're going to pick up all sorts of different uh, flavor nodes and profiles. And it, like me personally, and I know that not everybody's palate is the same, but I tend to pick up like this really subtle hint of caramel in it. Um, but it takes a while for that to start to show up. Okay. Yeah. Let me, let me try it again. That's interesting. Uh, you know, according to their tasty notes, they don't mention caramel. They mention grapefruit, mango, orange. Well, just aromas. So does that, when they say aromas, does that mean that they actually have those flavors in the beer? Yeah, so they're actually uh, throwing in like citrus rinds or zest or uh, even like hunks of fruit, uh, occasionally a little bit of juice. It really depends on the particular brewery and what their particular method is. But the caramel flavor that I'm getting from it is actually coming from the grains and the hops, not from the fruits involved in it. So there's there's a maltiness to it on the back end that I really pick up kind of like in the in the back of my mouth, like as, as my tongue starts to go down my throat, it's really, really subtle. But, uh, after I start, you know, after I have like one or two of those, all I can taste is the sweetness of it. And it's, you know, again, it's not like a fruit sweetness. It's like a, almost a burnt sugar caramel type. Got you. I definitely taste that. It's a great, a great description, John. That's that. I definitely taste that. It's subtle. It's yeah. subtle, but it's there. So I might mispronounce some of these, but it, according to the, uh, their website, the hops. This is a it's a chia chia hook, citra, and armorio, and their malts is pale C fifteen, which I have no idea what that is. Sounds like something you make a weapon out of, and uh, dextra pills. That's it. It's all it's all Mandarin to me. I'm confused with the amarillo. Amarillo is you know uh, Spanish for. In Spanish, amarillo means yellow. So what is amarillo? What are they talking about? Is this a spice? That's one of the hops, right? Yes, it's one of the hops. Okay, okay. It's just a, a yellow hop, I, I, I assume. Yeah. That, that's where John comes in. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, the, all right, hops are hops, but you have like, 400 different variety of them. It's like finding potatoes in Peru of which there are 5,000, by the way. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, each, uh, each different type of hop and each uh, 
each method of, of malt or malt ingredient that you add in uh, adds a completely unique and different flavor. And even then it, it becomes a kind of a science of like pairing them up with different combinations in order to create a unique bouquet or a unique play, uh, flavor profile. So it's, um, it's kind of trial and error, which is why most breweries end up dumping out a whole lot of stuff for uh, mad scientist experiments. But uh, I'm actually trying to do some research here as well and trying to figure out what it is that's causing that caramel back-end flavor that I was talking about. Um, so give and and really for the the you know the IBU scale that they're giving it of seventy three, it's not really all that bitter as you would think. Um, some people are really a big fan of sour beers. I'm not a fan of sour beers at all. Oh yeah, same same. However, even though this is bitter, and you would think it bitter and sour is kind of the same thing. It, it's not. I, I'd rather have the bitter taste than than the sour taste. I wonder if there's a, a sour that we, a, a subtle, like a medium sour that we would enjoy that we could actually use on the show. If, any, if anyone has any recommendations out there, that'd be great. Yes, that's a great idea. I've actually, uh, I've had one sour that it was not bad, but it could have been that we were tasting different beers. So by the time I drank that one, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Um, but normally when I start off with a sour beer, it, it's not my palate at all. I have a question for you, Ray. I was thinking about this on my run. I know you're doing your triple marathon coming up. Is that next weekend? Oh, no. I, I'm, that's not until October. Oh, it's October. So I have a, like a month and a half of training. Oh, wow. You're training, you're training pretty hard right now. I thought you were in the last stages of it. So I, I think that I could still ask this question. I was kind of curious since I never ran three marathons in a row. I've never ran two marathons in a row. I was with you in 2019 – uh, for the second mar- your second marathon, my first marathon, actually my my uh, welcome back marathon, right? I, I took a f- few years off uh, to you know start my family. I believe uh, my one prior to that was 2012, I believe. Yeah, so I, I remember you doing your second marathon in 2019. So I know how you prepared then because I got you drunk, but. How do you prepare for this one carb-wise, carb-loading? Do you do a normal carb-load all three days? Uh, how's your beer intake, or do you plan it? Like, Do you just kind of go with the flow? What, what, what's your uh, formula? What, you, what are you going to do this, this time around versus last time around? All right, so I'm going to give a little background for the listeners. Uh, when I first started running, it was more like a just can I do it, the first run. And then after I accomplished that, it was like, more kind of a party thing. And so me and Ty did a few uh, marathons together where we would just go explore new cities or um, different places where we haven't really been to and drink. And uh, then we'd go run a marathon. So there's a name for that now. I forget what they call it. It's like frat running or something like that, which... We didn't even know, huh? Yeah. We We just did it. we, We were probably creating it back then. And then... As you go along the fitness journey, you're like, well, what happens if I don't drink? Or you start learning about your body in uh, different ways. But if it wasn't for actually, you know, drinking and going out and having a good time and exploring places, I probably wouldn't have not gotten as much into fitness. So uh, it was a it was a blessing. And 
back then I didn't know anything. I had no idea how to train properly. Everything I did was wrong. Uh, I would go eat buffet the night before, which is completely what you should not do. And there's one conception about like carb loading where people think that you should just like carb load the night before. But in reality, that's not the way you should do it. You should be carb loading like maybe three weeks before because it, it takes your body a while a while to be able to get used to if you're just gonna if you're going with that option of carb loading, there's different options where if you want to burn the fat and then stay away from the carbs, um, you can run a, a marathon that way too. Uh, but for me right now, it's more just physically getting my ligaments and tendons strong. Um, that's what I'm focusing on. And as far as the drinking, I've reduced it. And then um, as far as if I'm going to drink the night before, I did it in 2019. And I kind of always do it just because I've always thought of myself as the average Joe. And I hate it when people tell me, well, I like to drink beer, so I can't work out. Well, I like to drink beer too, but you could do it. And I hate it when people use that as an excuse. So I kind of even though I want to really have a really, really good time, I kind of want to do it at the same time just to when people tell me that, well, yeah, you know, you don't have to go out and run a marathon in three days and run around like Tahoe, but don't give me that. Well, I like to drink, so I can't work out. Everything yeah. in moderation. That, that's, uh, that's, that's funny you say that. I heard someone tell me that, tell me the other a couple weeks ago or something. Uh, you know, you, you, we were going through a heat wave in California. At least we were a few weeks ago. And uh, they were making it for not working out. This is what they said. They said, oh, no, I would go to the gym, but I can't go to the gym. It's way too hot. Serious. The gym? That's like saying, no, nah, I can't go to the movie theater. It's it's too fucking hot. Excuse my French. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Gym is like the coolest place on the planet. <laughs> There is no excuses, basically. That's interesting, though, Ray. I didn't know that you had an epiphany about carb loading the night before or, or, or obtaining more knowledge on that. I had no idea. I always thought that was a plus. For me, I always chose carb loading in the form of alcohol or beer, excuse me, be, just because uh, my first, uh, you know, for, for a marathon, my first 12 miles, I don't even feel it. Uh, so the wall, that's not even a, a thing. I just, by the time I actually feel it, I'm on mile 18, but, but by the time you're on mile 18, um, mentally you're like, good, I got this. It's done. Right. It's over. Uh, um, so that's interesting that, uh, the carbs actually, I wouldn't, I, I could I skip the spaghetti as long as I have enough beer the night before, but I'd be interested to see if, um, that works. So do you do a more veggie style or do you recommend a keto, a ketogenic diet like a, a week prior or a intermittent fasting, something like that, something more specific? I, I don't recommend doing anything a week prior. It takes, you know, months for your body to get accustomed to it. And I don't recommend you accustoming your body to anything that you don't feel. Um, growing up, I always never liked to eat breakfast, and my mom always used to tell me, eat something, it's good for you, mijo, uh, get some juice, get this, get that. You know, as I got older, I'm like, I realized, well, juice, that's sugar. 
That's pure sugar. And then bread in the morning, some toast, that turns into pure sugar. So I'm like, I always felt better when I would just go work out or run like by myself and then not eat in between hours. And as I got older, I figured out, oh, this is popular now. It's called intermediate fasting, but that's the way my body has always felt. I just never knew that's what it was called, you know? And so I've kind of been like that since I was young. I just never realized it, that there was a term. And so you should just kind of feel out your body. Uh, you know, I, I've mentioned it maybe on my other show, but I'm a huge fan of Bruce Lee. And Bruce Lee always says, take, take it what's useful and disregard what isn't. And so take what's useful for your body. See how it feels. Try it out. And also, as you get older, um, because it was useful in your 20s or 30s doesn't mean it will be in your 40s, 50s, 60s. Your body will change what you can eat and when you could uh, stomach will all change because I know I definitely can't stomach all the gels like I used to uh, in my stomach when running a marathon. You know, I, I need a variety of uh, food to kind of keep me going. I just can't do all gels or I feel sick by the end. That's interesting. I could never stomach gels like that. It would just stay in my mouth for a long time. I did find that I believe it's the blocks, their watermelon ones. It's, it's pretty cool. I can just keep it in my mouth and be okay. But on the long run like that, I always find that the bananas are a must and the beer at mile 12, along with the water, obviously. But I actually tend to not drink a lot of water until maybe mile 18. So there's a, there's a lot. And you talk about intermittent fasting, Ray, and that's kind of where I'm at today. Um, I love what intermittent, intermittent fasting does. I, I do a, when I'm at work and I work, you know, as Ray said, I work a lot. So four or five times a week, I do 12 hour shifts, um, if not more. And, uh, I always intermittent fast, uh, when I work and I'm on a 420 now, which is a four hour window of eating and 20 hours off. And in that four hours, I get my, you know, I get a salad on, I get a yogurt and a really good meal, whether it's a healthy meal or a fat, wet burrito. It doesn't really matter, and I feel great. I have enough energy for my run in the morning or whatever my schedule is. Whenever I get my run, I try to do it daily if possible, and um, that's a great way. That's kind of like how you were just built like that, but it's a, it's a great, it's worked wonders for me. I mean, it's I, I believe it's the way to go, and I actually want to try this uh, on our next marathon, which is our next marathon together is the, the Great LA Marathon, correct? I was just about to mention that. Did you sign up for Los Angeles Marathon 2021? I said I would, and I will. I'll do it uh, tonight. All right, great. So there it is, everybody listening in. Ty has committed to running the 2021 Los Angeles Marathon on November 7th. Can we let people know how cool it is? You know, oh. we, yeah, because it's okay. It's a well, stadium. Where was the stadium marathon? It starts off at Dodger Stadium. And end to Santa Monica Beach, uh, one of the coolest beaches we have here. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, go ahead, bro. They changed the ending. But oh, did they? Yeah, and before I tell you the ending, when was the last time you ran LA Marathon? The last time I ran LA Marathon was 2012. I ran that stadium, stadium to see marathon with uh, four years in a row, I believe, and two prior. And I like the other two prior. Remember, it was what Universal Studios to when you go through like South Central and Chinatown and all that. And that was cool too, but there's nothing like getting dropped off half drunk 
at Dodger Stadium at six in the morning and running to Santa Monica Pier. So I'm curious. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> uh, being a Dodger fan, being a Dodger fanatic, it's just a great thing to do. And being a, just a, a lover of LA culture, it's awesome just to run through the city like that. But Ray, where so does it end? Yes, for, for people who uh, are not from LA, because I know we have some people from listening in from far away. In Los Angeles, we're a melting pot. We have a variety of different nationalities, which is great. And so when you run, run Los Angeles Marathon, you run through pretty much every culture, every diversity from Jewish to Black, Mexican, Salvadoranian. Um, uh, you have a gay population, uh, West Hollywood, and they're all out there supporting you, cheering you on the whole way. And so you used to run through like the major... For 10 years, they had the route called Stadium to the Sea. Uh, the, the Los Angeles Marathon started, I believe, in 1984 when the Olympics came here. Yes. And then after that, they had the LA Marathon each year. And uh, each year, they would roughly change the course about every two years up until they did the Stadium to the Sea, which started in Dodger Stadium. You go through the Disney Town Hall, uh, Chinatown. Uh, then you kind of go down Hollywood uh, into um, the fancy schmancy Beverly Hills, Rodeo Drive, into Culver City, and then you end in Santa Monica Beach. And it was like that for like 10 years Unfortunately, this year, Santa Monica didn't want to give them the permits. They couldn't work it out. So now you're kind of running back and you're ending in Culver City. Really? And, you know, I'm so in the future, I'm going to talk about this in, in my show. I'm not a huge fan of the 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 way they the the way the the. Alley Marathon keeps getting sold from company to company, big company to company, and they don't care about the runners. Uh, I still have not sh paid, got received my shirt that I paid $200 last year for an entry, and I've sent them a message, and they have not responded. Um, but overall, I'm going to keep doing that race till the day I die because I'm from L.A., and I got love for the city, and it's a positive thing, and I just love the energy and and you really have to experience it once in your lifetime just to kind of know what I'm talking about. If you, it's like the New York marathon, the Boston marathon, it's just something you, you kind of got to do. And, uh, yeah, even if you only do one marathon once in your life, uh, United States has roughly about 576 marathons per year and only 0.05% of the population has ever run one. And I want to say out of that 0.05%, it's probably about half of those are repeat offenders that keep running it like me, uh, who has 54 marathons under their belt. So uh, you got to try it once. Once you accomplish it, you're like, well, if I could do this, what else could I do? So just even considering something like that or even a half marathon uh, opens up new pathways in your brain that uh, you've never considered. Yeah, well said. Well said, Ray. And if that doesn't make you want to run the LA Marathon, think about it. It's LA. So we have a lot of celebrities that run it nowadays, right? We have Kevin Hart's a runner. Who else does it? Uh, there was a. The chef guy, the guy who likes to yell at people. Oh, yeah, Gordon Ramsay. And he, his time is actually. Uh, 
I heard. She's a sub four. Oh yeah, sub four. Um, I believe one of the Chili Peppers has done it. I always see um, the Fleet. Do- I believe right. The Dodger, the redheaded guy. Uh, what's his name? His wife. Oh. Yes, his wife's a, a, a avid runner. Um, my boy, uh, Justin Turner. Justin, Justin Turner's Turner. wife. So Justin Turner, I've I ran into him what last year on Hollywood Boulevard. I got a GoPro. I was like, hey, what's up? And uh, this is during the marathon. He was waiting for his wife, and he was really nice. I got to talk to him, like take a picture with him. This is while running the LA Marathon. I'm like, oh, I recognize that guy. He was standing out right there on Hollywood Boulevard. So cool. He probably had a beer in his hand. No, he didn't. Oh. <laughs> well, so, okay. What beer are we going to go with next week? Or our next show, actually, because we do this every two weeks uh, because Ty works so much. So this show is every two weeks. We're going to let the audience know what beer we're going to select. And we're in California, so some of the beer you may not be able to get in your area. I know uh, we have some listeners from worldwide, uh, like John, who I believe is in Australia. So thank you for joining in. Oh, nice. I don't know if he, uh, he would have access to this beer or even if he likes beer. So uh, what beard are we going with next? Are we doing that apricot peach, or excuse me, the peach okay. peppercorn thing thing? Perfect. All right. Yeah. So what is the name of that beer? I know it's from the Claremont Craft Ales. What is the name? And pepper and peaches. Pepper and peaches. Yeah, Correct. I just looked it up. So if know. you're outside of Southern California, this may be a beer that's hard to obtain. You never know, though. You can go to their website and see what kind of options they have. Yeah, and uh, just cause for John being a being a chef, uh, uh, audience doesn't know this, but we know this. Uh, Claremont is a great little cute little city in the uh, outer LA. That's a culinary little gem with a lot of breweries, a lot of good food, and uh, a lot of cool people. You'd love it. It's actually pretty, uh, pretty uh, fancy smancy. There's no fast food restaurants in the city. Actually, That's very true. I'm actually. Is this, a, is, is this a pinkies out kind of place? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, yes, it's it's very bourgeois. <laughs> they it, it's bourgeois. funny. Because it's very bourgeois, but they're next to Pomona, which is probably one of the biggest hood cities Ooh, yeah. around us. So, uh, Ty Ray, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna slide off of here and let you guys wrap up. But a couple of things before I go. Uh, one is always thank you for uh, letting me hop up here and talk beer with you guys because I, I absolutely love it. But uh, to resolve the mystery. It is the Citra and Emerio hops that cause that caramel flavor on the back end of Space Dust. It's the combination of those two and a mild bit of oxidation of the beer in the process that causes that semi-sweet, uh, almost like burnt sugar flavor just on the back end of your throat. Now, I'm curious, Ty, now that you've had a few more sips of it, what are you thinking of it now? I, well, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna, I was just going to tell you, I'm going to put it this way. It's nine o'clock. I wake up for, at for work at three a.m. and I am done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is a good beer. I have I have I had one more of the of the super fuzz, and I'm gonna save it because I am good. Space dust will take you to space, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna say good night to my kids. Say good night to my wife. Wrap it up correctly. Um, All right, good yes. night, my friends. Hey. I'm gonna slide I- off of here and let you go. All right. Well, Thank you once again, John, for joining yes. us. And Thank you for everything, John. Now that uh, John mentioned it, I could kind of actually taste that caramel flavor. I've never really tried describing space this before, so maybe I've never really thought of it in that that 
context, but um, I'm learning as I go along. I've always liked watching the Food Network when they they describe food and they describe words that I never normally use. Like, oh, it's a very genetless flavor. I'm like, okay, fancy schmancy for me. But uh, thank you uh, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to do the show, Ty. Thank you for- My pleasure, bro. I love what we're doing here, man. I love what we're doing here. I can't wait for the this peppercorns. I'm, I'm a little, not as curious as I am, a little scared, but uh, uh, but it sounds interesting, and I'm I'm down to try new stuff. And like you said, yeah, this is all new to me as far as actually giving uh, giving it the time to taste and understand the spices and the, all the craftsmanship that goes into these craft beers. It's an interesting journey, and uh, you know, I'm a student of all things, so this is. One more thing that uh, I'm interested in learning. This is a hobby, and running is our lifestyle. But this is a hobby, and I, I love this. You know, not, not just not only drinking beer, but actually discovering new beers and uh, just and learning about them and understanding the craftsmanship that's involved in creating them. And it's a great format, and I love what we're doing. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining in. So our next show will be August 9th. That is a Monday at 8 p.m. Pacific time zone. Once again, uh, thank you, everyone, for joining in. And we will be reviewing uh, the Claremont Craft Ales is the name of the brewery. It is located in Southern California. And we will be tasting the Pepper and Peaches, which is a 6.7 alcohol. And uh, please, uh, if you can get a hand of it, you're more than happy to join us and let us know what you think. And thank you once again for joining us. Uh, Till next time. Good night, guys.